Are you ready to get real? Welcome to Real Estate, the world's loneliest career, where you're always out of balance, unfulfilled, the role models are fake, the numbers unattainable, and you're just supposed to be and do it all. Join three self-made millionaire real estate agents, wives, moms, and business owners as we level up, learn from special guests, and elevate and disrupt an entire industry through real education our way. Hi, everybody. We're the homegirls, and we're so excited to be here today. We are here with Chanel Riviera, who is, by the way, Angela just remembered that she's like the first non-real estate guest that we've ever had on our show, which is so cool and so exciting, but she's a phenomenal businesswoman. She has an amazing story. She was just featured in a Facebook ad campaign that was huge nationally with Becky G. They featured Beauty and Hustle, her group, and then also her personally in that campaign. And then on Becky G's Instagram, which if you don't know who Becky G is, she is a monster, monster influencer in the social media space, like crazy, like getting featured in that is a big damn deal. So welcome Chanel, we're so excited to have you. Uh, thank you. No pressure that I'm the first non-real estate person, but I, I'm sure I'll bring the heat for you ladies, I promise. Absolutely. So I guess just kick us off by telling us about Beauty and Hustle, where it came from. Tell us all the stuff. Yeah, so Beauty and Hustle started one night at my kitchen table. I actually lived in the hood and I had this six-figure career where I was doing really amazing things with it, but I felt so alone. All of my peers, well, not all of them, but the majority of them were older white guys, I stuck out like a sore thumb. I would show up in a hot pink sweater and hot pink lipstick and everyone was just so confused by me. And I started to be confused by me. You know, I'm getting these amazing results. I have this huge team. We're driving millions of dollars of revenue for FedEx and I'm not being respected. I'm not being well received. And I felt like I was having an identity crisis. So I got really depressed. And I thought, gosh, if I feel like this, like I'm, I'm strong and I feel so terrible, there has to be at least one other woman that feels this way, you know, isolated on a desert island. So I was crying at my kitchen table and I just kept thinking, you know, the only thing that really makes me feel like myself is doing my makeup. But I had this job that I couldn't just go on my personal page, you know, you know what I mean? Nobody wants to see their, their boss's boss look like Ariel, right? With makeup. So uh, I started this group called hashtag beauty and hustle. And overnight, I quickly realized I wasn't the only one that felt like that, that there was thousands of women that wanted a safe little space, whether it be in real life or, you know, on the internet. And it started with that and it took on a life of its own from that moment. I started going live. I, I'm not good at tech and all of that. So people are like, oh, go on YouTube, do makeup tutorials. And I just kept thinking, A, that's way too public. And B, I didn't have the time for it because I was working, you know, 60, 70, sometimes 80 hours a week. So it really started with that. And I started making tank top or wearing tank tops and these glittery hoodies and people are like, oh, I want to buy that. I'm thinking, I don't make tank tops, you know, I work a real job all day long. And so I said, okay, well, we'll sell tank tops this weekend. And the first weekend we did about 45 grand. And I thought, well, maybe I do sell tank tops. <laughs> Maybe I do. <laughs> I had no website. I literally used my husband's like personal PayPal link to private message hundreds of people. It was such a mess. We didn't make any money off of it. It was really just unorganized, but organized, if that makes sense. And from that point, I thought, okay, well, maybe this will be a side hustle. And I would always take selfies and all of these things that you would never think that would lead you down different paths. And people would always say, what lipstick are you wearing? And I probably sold about 10,000 MAC lipsticks before the light bulb went off and said, 
let me see how I make a lipstick. And then I launched my own lipstick line and we did six figures of that in the first weekend of launching that. And the ghettoest website. I mean, it was bare bones. <laughs> it looked so bad. But I was really proud of us because we didn't know what we we're doing, my husband and I. So that's where Beauty and Also really started. And from that moment, it just kind of took on a life of its own. And we've been able to accomplish so much with that community and being recognized by Facebook. And Facebook has used us, our brand, and our likelihood for the last three years. And so for me as a business, it just feels really good for something like Facebook to think, wow, okay, they're awesome and we trust them, right? So for me, it's always really good confirmation when Facebook reaches out and asks for my opinion on things and, you know, wants to put videos of me on somebody's stories that has 32 million followers. So yeah, that's kind of where it started. And it's just, it's been a crazy wild ride. That's crazy. How awesome is that? Um, so <laughs> full disclosure, t-shirts are the bane of the Real Homegirls podcast existence. Um, so we've literally been trying to make a t-shirt for like two years now. Um, so just one damn t-shirt. We just can't do it. I don't know what it is. Like we overthink this completely. So can we start there? Like the t-shirts that you made, like did it just say beauty and hustle? Like what what were people wanting to buy that was authentic to you? Yeah, it was it, literally, I had a friend from high school. So I was a cheerleader all through high school and she was a cheerleader with me. And when she graduated, she started a, a uniforms shop for, you know, for all the like cheerleading teams in, in our hometown. And I had reached out to her and I said, I don't know if you really do like onesie twosie types of things, but can you just print me a couple of tank tops and maybe a couple of shirts? Cause I was going live every day, but I felt like I was always wearing the same black tank top and I didn't want people to think I wasn't changing my shirt. I know that sounds really stupid, but, but I also worked all day and I kind of was throwing on the same black shirt. So I was like, okay, how do we make this? And I met her one day in a parking lot and she just understood what I was trying to do because she made it like super glittery. The font was really cool. I know it sounds like very trivial, but then she handed me this hoodie and it was glitter fabric. Like it's all glitter. It's like dripping in glitter. And I was like, oh, and I started wearing that. And that's really like the bulk of our first sales was this amazing like I've never seen fabric that wasn't itchy that it was like glitter was embedded into the fabric and so it really was just that and it just said hashtag beauty and hustle it wasn't I think that's the that's thing with, with people when you're branding and all that is that we do overthink it right we think oh gosh like it has to be perfect I always say done is better than perfect and people that want to support you they really don't care right like they're they're not like oh gosh what if she changes her font and then this isn't relevant like they're not thinking that so it really just said the brand and at that time it wasn't even a brand it wasn't copywritten it was you know it wasn't trademarked it wasn't nothing it was just who I really felt I was which was the beauty side and then the hustle side of having this really esteemed career going on at the same time like I had like a double life <laughs> but that was really it how many we like completely overthink it i think is the problem like we um have to have everything perfect right so instead of just focusing on making it perfect wouldn't you agree that we should probably just anything is better than nothing right yeah. like try something yeah. and just get out there and help promote your friend's business if you can um I think that's huge yeah, that you did that, that way. Yeah, done is better than perfect. And honestly, the people that want to support you, they don't care if that yeah. makes sense. Like you're overthinking it because it's your baby and you guys are so successful. And I'll be honest, the more success I've gained, the more thought I put into things because it's like, well, this is coming from me and they know that whatever I do is going to be the highest quality, right? But there's so many people that want to support you ladies. I'm sure of it. Like I would rock a homegirl's hat, a homegirl's hoodie. I love that. Right. But like, you just kind of start and then you can always refine. I love that. 
So how many people were in the group? And let's like back it way up for people that are listening. So when you started this, Beauty and Hustle is a Facebook group. Closed group or open group? It was a closed group because I was trying to hide (laughs) from my from my, you know, my day job, so to speak. So overnight there was 5,000 people. This is before the like all prove all button. And I can still remember driving to work. Now, full disclosure, it was in LA. So it was like three miles an hour traffic. But I remember sitting on the freeway, literally guys, you're not driving in in LA anywhere. You're just kind of sitting, pit stopping your way across the freeway and approving people one by one thinking, oh shit, like now I have to do something with this, right? So it was 5,000. And then over the next like couple months, it turned into about 25,000. And at a certain point, we stopped letting people in. Um, so right now we're around 22,000. And it's kind of stayed that way for a while. Very purposefully, if that makes sense. Like we kind of weed out the rift raft and we want to make sure that it stays really safe because for me it's not about the number it's about the way that even just that one person that I started with feeling really safe and secure to share things because it's way beyond makeup now it's life parenting marriage you know we've helped people on the brink of harming themselves you know people that are in domestic violence situations it's gone way further than that so there's a lot of beauty groups that are like oh well we're like way bigger than you and I'm like but I'm safe like my group is always safe and that's really important to me I love that love love that so walk us through you're working at FedEx you have a six-figure career you're a boss in that space but you hate it you know it's so funny like I just came back from Phoenix and I was on this two-day conference thing that like blew my brain wide open and you know like when you feel something and you know it but you're like not ready to accept it yet and it's funny because this thing just popped up in my phone like right as I was jumping on with you that says no amount of security is worth the suffering of a life chained to a routine that has killed your dreams and I was like boom right like um so you know you're you had you had a great job like What's interesting to me about the real estate space is real estate is the number one fallback career in the world, right? So people who have any other type of career and don't like it or aren't successful there come into the real estate space because it's finger quotes easy and it is easy-ish to get started in and it is low cost overhead and you can make very good income, right? Um, But I found that like most of the women that we know, or most of the women I know, even the men that I know, like they're starting our career in a space of lack. So it's like wild to me that you had this big, high powered, amazing job and you were brave enough to leave it. Yeah. I feel like, first of all, I love that quote. That's amazing. Right. Because that's honestly a conversation that I think a lot of people that have a nine to five versus entrepreneurs are like, well, this is safe. Well, if COVID has taught us nothing, nothing is safe. Your job's not safe. You know, it's not like our grandparents' generation where my grandma was a secretary for a really big company and she worked there for 40 years and then she had a pension and she, you know, and then she walked away from it and she has her retirement and it was safe. It's not safe anymore. Nobody really values their employees anymore. So that's, you know, the first thing, but to be really honest, there was still lack because I knew I wasn't living my truest authentic self. Right. So I had the money, right. So when you're broke, I mean, we were so broke. I I would be live doing my makeup and there would be gunshots. There would be the helicopter, like stay inside your house. There's a ghetto bird. I I grew up in LA. from a county hospital people would roll down our dead end street like with catheters with iv poles just i mean and i kept thinking the minute i get the money we're good and the money came and i wasn't still good there was still that lack of like shit now what right like now we have the money it still wasn't enough money to buy a home in california especially in los angeles 
but I just felt so there still was that enormous amount of lack because I knew I wasn't living in my purpose. And at that point, I really didn't know what that meant or where that was going to go. But I also knew that everywhere I go, no matter what, you're going to always respect me, right? Like I knew that, but I really wanted to get to a place where I could walk into a room and feel like I respected myself for being in that room. And there was many times at FedEx that like, I know they didn't like me, but they respected me because I was better than them. I mean, I was better than them and I was doing a side hustle when, as soon as I was getting home and I was putting myself through college. Like I was old, I was in college and then I got really sick. Like I was dying sick. I used to drive on the free with a trash bag because I knew I was going to be sick. Um, and so I knew that they respected me, but I didn't respect myself because I knew I wasn't welcome at that table. And, and there's that quote, right? If you don't, if you don't fit at the table, build your own. And so that's really what I did. And I knew that there was other women that felt like me that had been chastised because they were a woman or because they have boobs or whatever, you know, and I just, I couldn't swallow it. I didn't, I didn't respect myself for being in a room that tolerated me. I want to be in a room of people that love me, even if it's just me and one person. <laughs> I love that. It's so brave. How did that, like, what did that do to your marriage? Like when you went to your husband and you were like, listen, I want to quit this six figure job to focus on a Facebook. Yeah. At that time, we were already making six figures. We were doing about 30 to 50 grand a month. And he had already retired from Facebook, uh, from FedEx, sorry, not Facebook. So he had already quit his job to do like the back end stuff because we were just so busy. And I really did love my job at FedEx. Like when it was me and my team, I could respect that, right? I loved my team. And I mean, I was a district manager. So the amount of times that I had to spend with peers or even my boss out of a year, I maybe saw them 10 days, right? So the other 350 days, I was with my team. And that was my, that's my jam. Those people are still my family to this day. They, I check in on them, their kids, you know, going to their weddings, birthday parties, all of the things, right? So and when it came time to quit, I had been through a lot at FedEx. I had been told a lot of really, really horrible things. And he was always the one that had to see me have the mental breakdown at the end of the day, right? Because my team at work knew that I was a badass and like, I wasn't going to take any shit and we were going to be the best. We were going to be number one. And they might see some of, they saw some of how I was treated and then, you know, I came to Facebook and people were like, oh my God, we love you and keep doing these tutorials. And then people would, you know, come into my DMs and be like, you're such a bitch. And so he would see all of it at the end of the night, right? Like he saw all the bad and he just was like, there has to be, you have to do what feels right. And I had just earned it. Uh, you earn like trips, like president club trips. And I just went to my second one my I went back to back two years in a row and while I was there I had asked for a lateral transfer to move to Vegas because it was the only place I could afford a home and I would still be close enough to my family and I would be close enough to my uh I have a gynecological oncologist and so I knew I have to go drive to see him every six months so I was like oh Vegas like there's going to be a position opening I want to move to Vegas it would lateral transfer I'm number one right and you guys I know you guys understand this like I'm number one at like 20 million and number two is at like 1 million so the discrepancy between the two of us was 2,000 percent right and then number three was at like you know nine hundred thousand dollars right so then it they were all close in margin I mean I blew the lid off of everything and so I asked for a lateral transfer I told them that I I could only afford a house in Vegas and, you know, I could buy my dream house in Vegas, like the house that I had been manifesting for years. And I started looking for a house. I put an offer on a house. I did inspection. And right before I was going to close, uh, they told me I didn't get the job. They promoted a man 
over giving me a lateral transfer. And I had a nervous breakdown and I was like, no, that's my house. Like, I don't know what anyone's not understanding. That is my house. So I don't know what that means. And um, we had this sale and I told myself, if I can sell all 600 of these things at the time they were leggings, I'm like, if I can sell all 600 of them tonight, I, I'm gonna quit my job. And I didn't tell my husband and I didn't tell my mom. She's, she's my bookkeeper. So she's very analytical, like very money, right? And I'm not, I'm just like, well, I don't know. Like I'm, I got this paycheck and this paycheck. So we're good, right? So I sold out. It was the only time I've ever sold out of 600 things ever. Like it's the one time I ever did it. And as soon as we were done, I turned the live camera off because that's how we sell. And I just fell apart. And they're like, what the hell's wrong with you? I said, I'm quitting my job. And I braced myself for both of them to be like, yeah, okay, bitch, no. And my mom's like, yeah, you should. It's time. And then my husband's like, oh my God, can I call Lindsay? That's our realtor, right? And tell her to just, you know, can we sign all the paperwork right now? And I'm like, yeah. And I'm like, and then, you know, Lindsay's like, don't quit your job. I'm telling you to <laughs> And I'm like, okay. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. So, you know, we closed and it's so funny because we had keys in hands for two weeks before I quit because I was so nervous that they're going to come back. Well, you guys know, underwriters. Like I was so afraid they were going to come and like take my house. So as soon as we had keys and like I could drive to Vegas and touch it, feel it. I know that nobody could come steal it from me, you know, or take it back. Uh, I quit and they were supportive. And I, I I was surprised because, you know, that's like a crazy ass idea, right? I don't know. Hey, give up this job. I mean, I worked really hard for that job too. And I was so good at it. But I was like, well, if I'm good at that, if I can sell $20 million of FedEx bullshit, what can I do for myself? You know? And so, yeah, it, honestly, they were really supportive. So brave. Like I, what's that quote? Um, uh, comfortability is the death of all creation, right? <clears throat> and I think like, I'm definitely in that space right now. I know a lot of my friends, people I know are in that space because it's like, you know, all three of us on this show specifically have come from some shit. And like, we have a theory that you may never be wildly successful unless you have, because like there's something about growing up in pain, whatever that pain or trauma is that creates this drive or need, like you either go one way or you go the other way, right? Like you either are a crackhead or you're really highly successful, but no one I've ever known that's highly successful has ever not been through a lot of pain or trauma. But then this thing happens where you get to a level where you're like, comfortable. Your bills are paid. <clears throat> Everything's okay. You're not having to decide between like, do I get diapers for my kid or do I keep the lights on in the house? Right? Like you're okay, but you still know it's not enough. And then you're like, but why would I fuck with? Okay. And that to me is like, for me, and I can only speak for myself, like even worse than being back in that scarcity lack, like I'm going to make it kind of position. Like I, Jess, who isn't here with us today, she had a, an appointment with her son. <clears throat> we were having this conversation about our, our values as a human. Like, what is the number one thing that drives us? And she said security. And I said, I'm not like that, which no judgment. Everyone has their thing. Like, I get to the point sometimes where I'm like, I want to burn it all down or give someone like all my money because it would push me to be back in that scarcity position where I'm on fucking fire and I'm up until 4 a.m. and then waking up again at seven because I'm in passion, right? It's really hard to get back there if you're comfortable. So like what you did is so brave. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, and I, I totally get it. Also, I feel like when you get to those points, you think, okay, well, if I'm chasing what's next what's more how do i know when to stop right how how do i know when enough is enough 
And the answer is, I think you honestly know. Like I knew in that moment, like I was doing everything right and I still didn't have a house. Like I didn't, to me, growing up in the hood, living in, I mean, I grew up in a bunk bed in my grandma's living room that she still owns, right? Like, so kudos to grandma. She owned, she has a couple of homes that, you know, have really served her well, but that's how I grew up. And there's no shame in that. But I just kept thinking like, I want a house. I really, I really, really wanted a house and I couldn't get that even though I was working really hard. So sometimes it's just thinking about the other, you know, the other things that you want out of life and, and, just pushing yourself that much more forward right and understanding that you're always meant for more but knowing your boundaries with that because then once I did retire from FedEx and come to Vegas my my relationship has been put through the ringer here you know we've been we almost I actually moved out of my house in June of this year we sold our house. Everyone's like, oh, well, good. You sold your house. I'm like, I sold my house because I was getting a divorce. But nobody wants to see that. They want to see the happy us, right? And I share my whole life on the internet, right? But some things, right, when you're going through them, it's just not the time, you know? And so we were going through so much because I felt like I want more, 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 run, run, run. And he got comfortable, right? And so you get to a point where you're looking at somebody like, well, we're just not compatible because he met me when I was 22, you know, like I was a young kid. What the hell do I know? And I just felt like, dang, am I more driven than him? And, you know, right now we're working on ourselves, but it still does come up to that of really understanding that like certain things are going to take a toll, you know, not everything. You can't have all the balls in the air. Sometimes a ball drops. Right. And so there are sacrifices that are made and just understanding what's really important to you and what I call them as non-negotiables, right? So what are those non-negotiable things that you just don't want to live without and making sure that you don't bend that or break that for anybody or any entity, right? And so it's, it's interesting as an entrepreneur and my husband's a nine to fiver. Like he wanted to go back to work. He didn't, he, he still thinks that's safe and I don't. Right. So there's still that push and pull within my home of, we don't really see eye to eye on that part, but you know, there's, there's sacrifice in, in everything. And um, I just think understanding that being comfortable isn't going to allow you to do all of the things that you intuitively know are what is meant for you, right? Like I intuitively know that there's so much bigger things that are coming, which is why I've been dealt with all the pain. It's why I have this beauty group that like people have broken in my house and, you know, threatened to steal my dogs, all kinds of crazy stuff. Like I've been through all of that because in the future, I will need all of that in my tool belt to be able to deal with things on a bigger scale, right? So it's crazy. I think that um, you may not realize it, but we probably connect with you on a lot more levels than most people probably would. Um, I don't think people realize that to have massive success, you have to have massive sacrifice. And unfortunately, you just can't, it doesn't seem like you can have everything all at the same time. Like you have to pick and choose what's most important to you. Um, something that I've struggled with is basically what you're talking about, you know, like how do I uh, make sure that with my success that I'm cognizant of the fact that there are other people in my household that are maybe a little different than me. And how do I make sure that they feel included and not emasculated, <laughs> which is my least favorite word on the planet. <laughs> um, um, but it's a, it's a massive, massive challenge, especially for women that have this personality like this, because we're like, we want to be so successful and nothing wants to slow us down. And if it was just me, I would just be like gangbusters, like going like a million miles a minute. But I can't because I realize the value of what I have here. And I, it's more important to me than just the money and the fame, right? 
Um, but I feel like a lot of other people don't have to do that. They can just be what they want to be and do what they want to do without any repercussions. And it's kind of frustrating to watch sometimes. Men. <laughs> <laughs> so I love that you brought that up because I, I actually, after I moved to Vegas, I was missing teaching and I was missing having a team and all of that. So I started coaching and I started coaching primarily what I was bringing in was type A boutique owners, right? People that were just like me. And I started with the premise of like, okay, I'm going to teach them how to do a profit and loss statement. I'm going to teach them how to figure out their cogs, which is cost of goods sold, right? Like that, all of that stuff comes naturally to me. I'm good at that shit, right? Like can't math but I can dollar right so like if you're I can figure out like okay this is what your payroll percentage should be this is what this should be and what I quickly realized through coaching thousands of type a business women is the huge huge disparage that we put on our on our marriages and we do demasculate our husbands because we are all day. What do you think about this? What, what, what should we do about this? What's your opinion on this? Da, 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 da. And we come home like gangbusters and we really just keep driving the ship. Right. And it took me leaving my home to tell my husband, I want, I, I want to be your wife when I'm home, which means you have to make the decisions you make the decisions. I don't give a shit what we do. I don't care where we vacation. I don't care about any of that, right? And it's it's still really hard. I mean, we're doing therapy, but I've saved thousands, right, of people and their marriages of like either just, and I say saved very lightly, right? They had to do the work, but of at least being able for them to look at their relationships and not just blame their husband because that's really easy, right? It's really easy for me to be like, well, I work all day, I'm the breadwinner. And then when I come home, he has the audacity to ask me about blah, 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 right? But the truth is, is that we've programmed him to ask those things, right? Because we're that, we're that force, right? Everywhere we go, people are looking at, even if I'm like at a random place, people will look at me like, well, what do you think? I'm like, who the hell are you? I don't want to make decisions for you. I don't get paid enough for this, right? So I think it's just really as a woman also looking at where am I fucking up? Because I, I, that's hard for me to admit sometimes that sometimes the problem is you, right? It's Often the fact that- the problem is us, yeah. Right, and it really is- that you put your dream ahead of his mm -hmm. and we forgot to ask him well what the hell is your dream what the hell do you want you know right. it's like well i want a house i want to be in vegas i want to do this okay 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 and never once that i said well what the hell do you want to do and so we were just living this very like programmed life according to what chanel wanted to do right chanel wants to be on stage chanel wants to talk chanel wants to write books she wants to do all these things but nobody's going, hey, honey, what do you want? And so, I mean, we're in the process of trying to, to, to work things out. But if anyone is listening that feels like, oh my God, that's me, really look at yourself and ask yourself. And then also, you know, when it comes down to, be, I've been with my husband for almost a third of my life, right? Like my whole twenties, I'm almost, I'll be 40 in a couple of years. Like I've been with him forever. And also it just comes down to like, what are you doing for him too? Right. Because a lot of women, you're so type A, it's like, you should serve me. Do you know who I am? And it's like, at the end of the day, men are really simple, right? Men have needs and men have very simple brain things going on. And sometimes we get so wrapped up on of the 8,000 things swirling in our head that we forget to just connect with our husbands. And some of that is your husband's fault when they, they make you not feel beautiful anymore. Cause as we age, right. If I don't feel beautiful, I definitely don't want to touch you. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you make me feel pretty and I'll, you know, reciprocate. Right. So jobs galore. It's not that difficult, yeah. right? Like, yeah. Hello. Yeah. In my coaching, I'm like this girl, I'll never forget it. She's like, well, my husband is just 
stupid. And I'm like, when's the last time you sucked his dick? Like, I mean, let's just be honest here because maybe he's an asshole because he's not getting his needs met. You guys, are, but like, let's communicate those. And now her marriage is really happy, right? Like not because just that, but like they've done the work together, right? So it's just, it's just one of, and, and that's not going to fix everything, but like, we need to look at stuff at what can we do too, right? Just like we do at work. Cause if Lindsay was struggling and Angela needed something, you're not just like, oh, well, okay, well, let's, how, how do we work through this? So I think that's really important, but, you know, being a type A woman, entrepreneur, it's fucking hard. It's hard to have friendships. It's hard. It's hard to keep it all together sometimes because everybody is watching my life and I'm not Becky G. I don't have 30 million followers yet. Right. Like I maybe have a hundred thousand, but no matter what I do, somebody's going to scrutinize it. Somebody's going to talk shit about me right and so I think a lot of people miss that part like you know they see the sunshine and flowers part and it's not that all the time there's so much scrutiny that we go through and we usually take it out on you know our husband or our families because they're right there it's sometimes like I don't I don't even know how to articulate this and also I don't know if you guys feel like this but sometimes it's just so heavy like it's this like mantle of heaviness that you know that you were born to carry. And sometimes you're like, I just don't even want it. Like being a woman with this personality type and this insatiable need for whatever it is that you are here purpose-wise to grow. It's like, I spent a lot of time trying to shut it off, right? Like, I don't want to be this way. I don't want to be strong. I don't want to mess up my marriage. I want to just sit on the phone with my girlfriends and talk about cleaning supplies and oils the way that they do. I don't want to be isolated. I don't want to be on the island, right? Like, you know, it's it's heavy and it's like really, really hard. And it can be incendiary and like explode everything in your life. And I, I think as an entrepreneurial culture, we're seeing this ramping back of that. And I, I don't want to use the word hustle negatively because that's your brand and it's not negative, but like, you know, for years we saw Gary Vee be like, wake up and fucking kill yourself. And if you didn't kill yourself, you didn't do good enough today, you know? And that was like the messaging. And so all of us were like, yeah, grind, 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 grind. And now it's like, I do feel like the whole culture is ramping back a little bit on that to be like, whoa, like, hey, grind, but not at the expense of, your friendships or your marriage or your money or your children or whatever it is. Right. Cause I mean, like you guys both said, unleash us in a closed space where we don't have to worry about the problems that we create. And like, we'll own the earth in five minutes, but we'll leave this wake of like destruction behind us. <laughs> it's a very, it's a very weird thing. Yeah. And I, I agree. And I love that you said it's overwhelming because I feel like sometimes when I express that people don't understand what I'm saying. And it's like, I would love to be a lazy ass bitch on my couch and tell my husband to go to work. He's got his nine to five and, you know, I can do some call center job. I mean, sometimes I still dream about it, right? Like, damn, like yesterday, Facebook was down. I'm like, is this how people feel all day? Like there's not... 17,000 private messages being, 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 being coming in. I'm like, is this like, that was my life at one point, right? I went to job, I went to work and I came home and I played with, you know, the cats or whatever. And that was it. Right. But I feel like what something that I've learned and, and I feel like very spiritually awakened, right. Uh, over the last few years is that everything leaves because you only have so much space in a vortex right like you have a, a bubble and there's only space for a certain amount of things so anything that leaves that is to make space for better things to come in right and so I've had to remind myself that daily right when I've had a last year I had a business partner literally walk into her office still hundred thousand dollars worth of inventory and just disappear she's on Facebook like if it's never happened she's chats with people she still has some of my customers like it's so crazy, right? Because it's just one of those things. Like, 
it hurt me not because of the money. Like, and it sounds crazy for me to even think like, oh, you can lose a hundred thousand dollars and you're fine. Right. Because at one point, if I lost $10, I was not fine. I was like, well, now how do I get gas money? Right. But it's one of those things that you start to feel so sad that somebody that you couldn't imagine life without dissipating, but then you realize, oh, it's because my bubble only has so much space. And she had to leave because the universe is hearing all of those conversations when I'm not around, right? So regardless of what you see on face value, um, I feel like the universe always takes out the trash, right? And so it's hard though. It's so hard. And that's why I started hosting women's retreats. I do five-day retreats. They started off as two days and now they're five days because it really is the most amazing thing to sit in a room with other women where you feel safe, protected. You can say like, you know, my husband's an asshole and no one's going to be like, oh, let me go post about it. You know what I mean? Like, it, it's just, it's just a weird phenomenon when you're that type of person um, and you're so used to being beat up. Like every, every interaction is like, is this real? Do they really love me? Or do they see a commercial on MTV and now they're like, oh, like she's going places, let me be her friend, right? Oh, she sells lipstick and I sell, I don't know, you know, eyeshadow, let me be her friend because if she loves it, she's going to promote it for me and, you know, whatever. Like there's all of these things and it's just, it's really hard to not be so guarded, but you, when you go through spiritual awakenings, right? you start to realize that like, that's a them problem. I can only control myself. So I, I, it's, it's still hard, but it's one of those things that I've been working really hard through of, okay, that person had to leave or that job opportunity had to leave or, you know, in your guys' case, maybe the, that deal couldn't work because now your client's gonna go get a bigger house and you're gonna have a better commission or now, you know what, it, like, there's just so many variables, but it's just really trusting the universe, which I didn't grow up that way. I grew up in gang culture. Like, so if I told somebody, you know, like, oh, I just trust the universe and I meditate and I just hand it back to God and tell them that I'm here and I'm ready to live in my purpose, some people kind of like, I'm crazy, right? I'm like, well, I don't know how to explain it other than it's just like innately burned into me to just trust, right? Surrender and trust. That's all I can do. Um, because I definitely did not choose this life. This life chose me. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. And it's funny you brought up the retreat thing because we're um, going to plan one of our own in person. And I, the whole time that you've been talking, I, I've been noodling uh, for a couple days about like, who would be amazing to have there. And I'm like, oh my God, Chanel should come and show us all how to be beautiful and like yeah. feel beautiful. Yeah, I love that. We added a beauty base to our, our, the last couple ones that we did. Cause I used to, it was just like business, business, business. And then someone's like, well, one day you're going to teach us how to do makeup. And I'm like, what? You guys are like store owners, you know, right? And then, so we added that onto the last few that we did before COVID. And it was really cool to sit down and connect with women where they didn't feel nervous to say, I've never contoured my face or I've never lip line. Like, I don't know how to use a lip liner or draw my eyebrows or whatever, right? And just, they just felt really safe to ask those questions where some of them, you know, were 30, 40, 50 years old and they felt like if they went to a beauty counter, they wouldn't feel received. But I love that. You guys do the retreats. You guys are going to have an amazing time. They're literally, there's nothing better than a room Okay. So, uh, how am I trying to say this? So like we're in different businesses, right. But like groups in real estate became a giant thing like a couple of years ago. And I feel like lots of people have them and some are not doing them so well and some do a great job. Right. But like virtually none of them have ever monetized anything. Um, do you feel like that's something that can be done regardless of the business or the industry? And like, how would you counsel people who either have a group to grow it or want to start a group after listening to you? So that's a great question on how to monetize groups. I think that sometimes we get hung up on the ability of how we're monetizing groups. For example, 
maybe you have a real estate group and you're like, well, I would love to sell merch and people to walk on the street with, you know, homegirls t-shirts or whatever, right? I would say at the end of the day, what is your greatest way to monetize that group? Because while merch is cool and fun, there's not a lot of money in that unless you're doing huge volumes of that, right? So if if you are, you know, a realtor, think about what would be your greatest return is really finding somebody that's moving to the neighborhood that wants to buy a home, right? And a lot of times you just get caught up on, well, maybe I could sell a course or maybe I could sell lipstick. And maybe you can, right? And maybe you can do all of those things. But what is your greatest, you know, what's your biggest bang for the buck? So if I was a realtor, I would have a community group where it wasn't just about selling, but people getting to know me. Hey, like this is the Las Vegas community group. We talk about, you know, fundraising. We talk about things going on in the community. That's how I would approach it if I was in that market. And I would make it very specific to the demographic in which I'm trying to sell to, right? So if I was selling luxury real estate, I would make it more like, here's what's going on in fine dining, you know, those kind of things and monetize it that way. Because every single one of those people that engages with you is a lead. Right now, they like, know, and trust you through the content that you're creating on social media. And so I would, I always go for my biggest thing, right? Yes, I still sell lipstick. I still sell little tchotchkes every day and I make money with that. But what's my biggest thing for my buck is going to be my coaching clients. So it's really making sure that I show up so that they feel like when they're ready to pull the trigger and you guys are dealing with one of the biggest, if not the biggest purchase of people's lives and people want to trust you, right? So that's what I would do. I would focus mostly on the community aspect of it and getting people to like them and trust you. I would probably even do events like, you know, hey, my kids are having a lemonade stand and everything, every once a month, you know, um, come to the lemonade brownie sale, whatever, and we donate it to a cause you guys inside of this group can vote on the cause that it goes to, or if you have a family that needs it or something like that, you know? So I, that's the route I would take if I was a realtor. But the other thing that I always tell people just in business in general, but also with groups is something that I teach, which is called SAS. I call it success through SAS. And it's uh, stands for strategy, authenticity, and soul. And so I feel like, don't ever start a Facebook group because you want to make money. It's not going to happen that way, right? But you can monetize that Facebook group if you do it accordingly and if you assess. So it's really about what's your strategy within the group, right? So what are the metrics that you're looking to hit? Are you really trying to sell merch, Lindsay? Or are we trying to sell homes, right? I mean, both would be cool. It'd be really cool. It's cool to, you know, go to the airport and see your hat on somebody, right? But the strategy and the metrics that you're trying to hit really are X, Y, and Z of selling homes, da, 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 right? Um, getting referrals, that kind of stuff. And then making sure that the group is branded and it's super authentic to your brand. So again, if you do high, you know, high-end luxury homes, maybe we're not doing lemonade stands, right? But if you're in a, in a city where it's mostly, you know, kids playing t-ball, that kind of stuff, brand that, use your brand, but also make it authentic and then lastly the soul piece has to be there you have to want to deal with that community not just to monetize it right like you want to have that sense of uh, and for you guys it's literally creating communities because in real life right because you're selling homes but making sure that you're not looking at it like oh i'm just gonna start this group and just post some shit and then people are gonna buy my shit it doesn't work like that right so are you really soulfully connected to doing whatever it is that you're trying to achieve within this group because it's a lot of work it's so much work you know and so um and it's not something that you know is monetized like youtube or tiktok or stuff like that so i would say you know it's it's very selfless work to run a huge community like that, but there are obvious gains if you do it correctly. So I would stick to SAS in those situations. You are incredible. I'm so excited that you were here with us today. So tell people how to find you. You have a podcast. Yes. 
I have a podcast. It's called Beauty and Hustle Podcast, and I just launched it. So I would love for people to listen. You can find me primarily on Facebook. I post a lot of my life just on my personal profile, so you can follow along there. And then I'm Beauty and Hustle everywhere. So Instagram, I have a business page, all of that. But really just connecting personally with people is my jam. And if you're a woman listening to this and you'd like a little safe nook in the world, hashtag Beauty and Hustle is my, you know, my first group that is always featured by Facebook and all that. We would love to have you there. And yeah, just look me up and I get private messages all day long from people. And I love to just be of service because I know that's what I'm put here to do. And I would say um, to anyone listening, your social media is incredibly inspiring. So uh, definitely an amazing follow. We'll link all of that in the show notes for everybody. What if a woman is listening and she wants to have coaching from you? Can she do it even if she's not like in the influencer space? And how does she Yeah. Yeah. So I actually coach, I don't want to say everyone, but I coach all realms of women. Um, And I... I've done like real estate, law firms, boutiques. It really doesn't matter. I just, um, I just want to bring in women that feel like they were meant for more and that there's something stopping them. And whether it be in their home life or in their business life, you know, and honestly, some people that I coach don't even have businesses anymore because they've realized it just doesn't fill their soul the way that they thought it would. And so I always call it business coaching meets life mentor, right? And so if anyone is interested in that, they can just message me um, directly on Facebook and I'll send them a calendar link and we'll see if we're a good fit. I don't take everybody because I don't think that everybody needs somebody like me, but there's definitely people that need somebody that's going to tell them the truth, especially type A women. Nobody tells us the truth because they're scared of us. And I'm, I'm just not that person. I'm going to tell you exactly what you need to do to feel good about life again. I love it. Thank you so much. You are incredible. And I'm so thankful that um, we got connected in this weird universe. And um, I think definitely you're a woman that would bring so much crazy value to our homegirls community. So hopefully maybe we'll see you at an event or a retreat or something like that really soon. Yay. I love it. Thank you so much for having me, you guys. Thank you. We'll talk to you soon, Chanel. Bye. Angela, Jessica, and Lindsay are in the top 1% of all realtors and would love to receive your real estate referrals in Colorado. Connect with the homegirls on social media at The Real Homegirls Podcast.